Hey, the bunker door is closed. We're in the vault. This is Backwoods Theology coming to you. We're excited about another episode together studying the things in the scriptures. I am here today with actually three of my friends today. Uh, we have our uh, typical uh, friends here, Chad and Josh. We also have um, uh, another young man who has surrendered to the ministry, and he is a preacher in training, and this would be Josh's uh, second son, Landon Lovelace, and so he's joined us in the studio today, and so we're excited about being able to uh, just be with you today. Uh, we're continuing to answer questions that uh, come in, and we continue to have them come in, and we're uh, just good thought-provoking questions. And of course, we want to answer all of them at first, but as you know, um, we um, you know, have to take them one at a time. But uh, before we do that, you guys want to say anything about the Lord's Day yesterday? How was the Lord's Day in your church yesterday? It was a wonderful day. Uh, wonderful day. Uh, this is not the time and the place to cover it, but we just had a sweet time. Excellent. Praise uh, the Lord. Excellent. It I, was I could I could second that. Yeah. It was yes. It was one. We had a man. 100%. We had a had a man who, uh, as I'm preaching the gospel, uh, says out loud, "I don't know if I'm saved." And so right wow. there and then, That's right great. there and then in church, we dealt with that, and it was just a wonderful. The whole ch- people were crying and praising the Lord. So it was a good day. Amen. Awesome. Praise the Lord. We had a good day as well. Just a good solid day. Yes. In the Lord's house, and we're we're grateful for all of God's blessings. We um, we have uh, have a pile of questions that are coming in, and again, we uh, please before we continue doing that, we just ask that you have patience uh, as well, because the questions are coming in faster than we have the ability to be able to answer them on a podcast. And also know that some of these questions, in order to properly answer it, uh, you've got to answer six, seven, eight other questions. You've got to lay the groundwork in order for uh, I understand today we want immediate satisfaction. We just want quickly a quick answer. and But work needs to be established before we can do that. So um, we are going to start on this list. Now, before we do that, um, we want to give you a image, a picture to think of as we are beginning to answer some of these questions. When I when I address some of these things with our folks at our church, I will tell them, I said, look, okay, and our folks know when I say we're putting a puzzle together, they understand what I mean. And so I, I liken sometimes studying the Word of God like putting a puzzle together that, again, we're conditioned for immediate answer where that is just not possible. Um, When you put a puzzle together, the first thing you do, or at least the first thing I do, is I flip over the pieces. I see what pieces that I'm dealing with. Um, So that's the first thing that I do. The second thing that I do is I put the easiest ones together first. I always uh, do the border, the outside border. I build the framework of the puzzle uh, primarily because... You know, it's easier because one side is straight as opposed to the others. And so I will put the edges together. And that's the next thing that I do. Then 
the then I will pick a spot somewhere on the puzzle and that I know will be easiest to put together and I begin assembling those pieces and put them together. Uh, and then lastly, for me, it's just a process of elimination that, okay, the every piece that I can uh, put together eliminates a piece that I'm constantly looking at. So I kind of liken that to understanding the scriptures. Sometimes uh, my Bible study is I'm just turning over puzzle pieces. I'm not putting anything together yet. It's just as I read the Bible, I think, ooh, I need to establish this. Then I need to establish that. I can't just take a verse out of context. Where else does the Bible say these things? And so I'm flipping over puzzle pieces. Then I assemble what I know. I, I put together what I know about the scriptures, and then I start to work on that, which I might need to wrestle over a little bit. So we are going to begin a discussion today that is going to create a bunch of pieces that we need to put together. So uh, we are starting off with some questions about one of our last discussions about the distinction between the earth and the world, the earth and the world. And if you study both in the scriptures, you will notice uh, that there is a distinction. And I believe that there's consistency as well in the scriptures. There's consistency of what the word of God is speaking of. So I've talked a lot. You guys want to start off here talking about the difference between the earth and the world? Oh, I'd forgotten we were here. I was just listening. <laughs> so, <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um, when you when you say distinctions and the differences, we, that is that is important, I think, for the Bible student to understand. Words are used in Scripture for a reason. Okay, so um, a, a person once told me there are no synonyms in the Bible. There's a reason why this word is used and not that word, if, if that makes sense. For instance, um, this verse was brought up in a in discussion we were having earlier about this. In Psalm 90, verse 2, I don't know if, Brother Chad, you were going to go there or not, but I'm gonna, if you wouldn't mind, go I'll it. read that one. Yeah. The Bible says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So clearly, in a in a just a a very quick puzzle piece flip over, we can determine Scripture has has separated the earth and the world as two different um, um, things, two different two different uh, um, ideas. Ideas, yeah. yeah. So sorry, so sorry. I don't know if <laughs> Siri just popped up. So. Siri said I didn't Siri, get that. Siri doesn't understand. Maybe right. I need to go over that again. Maybe right. um, Siri. Never mind. So, <laughs> um, so I think it's important. Yes, for the listener and for the you know, the Bible student to know when you go to Scripture, words are used for a reason. Um, these not just the thoughts; these are the very words. So we have to know why does God say, "Form the earth." And the world. So this isn't, I know what a conjunction is, and. So he's obviously separating the two. Um, so I think that's important for us to get, is that there is a difference. So I think we now, I think it's good to discuss what the differences are. Hmm. Okay. Let me take that. Very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Very quickly, I'll take it. Yes, very quickly. You got, <laughs> okay. Siri already told me. I'm kidding. All right. So, and just, just to piggyback what you said, we could look at the use, you know, to understand the difference between earth and world, we could think about the different usages in the Bible, right? Of For course. God so loved the world. That's right. 
right? So we know that's not talking about dirt and trees and mountains, but we understand just in the context of Psalm 90 in verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth, right? He's, he's helping us understand the earth. The earth is the physical, right? right. It's, it is the, it's the earth. Um, and the world is, is referring to this, the system, right? The system of people upon the earth, that works, system of people, system of beings upon the earth. If we can refine that definition through the scripture, then, then good. So then the next thing we have to ask ourselves, and we should do, is just we should search for the word world mm-hmm. and worlds and see what we find in the scripture. So the first, observa- so first observation is there is a difference between earth and world in the scripture. Yes. Second observation is that the word worlds is used in the scripture to indicate that there is more than one world, right? Now that's interesting because earth 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 is never plural. Is never plural. Correct. You don't have earths. And can we also say that earth as well is a proper name? Correct. If you go back to the Genesis account, um, in Genesis chapter number one, that is what God named the dry ground. Mm -hmm. He named it earth. That would be Genesis 1 and verse 10. The Bible says, And God called the dry land earth, mm-hmm. and the gathering together of the waters called he seas, and God saw that it was good. So to define the earth, I believe Genesis 1.10 defines It just earth. says a dry land. It is the dry land. Yeah. Okay. And so we know that that is a physical spot, a physical place, mm-hmm. uh, the earth. When the Bible speaks of someone falling unto the earth, they're falling unto the ground, mm-hmm. unto the dirt. Okay. So when it comes to, we know that's a great point. Earth is singular, but we find in the scriptures that the word world appears in its plural form, worlds. And it does so in Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2. Um, I'll, I'll begin with verse 1 in reading Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Okay, so it's plural. It's plural. So we know earth and world are different. And now we see that world, uh, that there's more than one world. There's more than one world. So if we were then to begin to just do a word search for the word world, we would find the following. There is something called the old world. And this is found in 2 Peter. Uh, 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. 2 Peter 2, 5. I'm just going to turn to these. And if you're listening, I would invite you to do the same. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life and they are... They which testify of me. I think that's what the Lord says. But Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 reads the following. Uh, well, we'll begin in verse, I'll begin in verse 5. We're going to keep it simple. Puzzle, we're just flipping pieces mm-hmm. over, flipping, right? Yes, that's right. All right. The Bible says, And spared not the old world. Okay, so if we're going to understand what the old world is, we're going to look in in context. But saved Noah, the eighth person. Okay, so he spared not the old world, but saved Noah. So we can, right off the bat, the old world clearly ended at the flood. 
It must have begun when God made Adam. We know that from Adam to Noah was a different time upon the earth. Um, and, and so the, there's the old world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're good. We got the old world. And while you're there, just read Second Peter 3, 6. I'll it read. also speaks of that old world and what happened to it. Okay, let me keep reading. Just Second Peter 3, 6, yep. the next chapter. Keep reading. Oh, Second Peter 3, 6. Right, said. this gives us more information about... Okay. Okay, the world... Oh, excellent. It ended, but it says something about it in verse 6 of chapter 3. Whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. So the old world perished, Mm -hmm. the first... A world that then was, which means it's not here now. Correct. It is... That world is gone. Again, we're not talking... Again, I have to reiterate this to the listener, too. We're not talking about the earth. Right. We're not talking about the land. We're talking about the world. The world. Right, which is a the people and the society which lived at that time. Yes. Okay. So I want to just, I want to earmark this passage for later. All right, for a little later. Okay. The one that he just mentioned yes. in Second Peter 3? Yep. yep. Okay. Okay. So then we have this present evil <laughs> world. Him. He's processing that verse. Yeah. Right <laughs> we have Galatians 1.4. All right, Galatians 1.4 one four. Okay. Uh, speaks of this present evil world. Okay, so uh, there's the old world, and then there's also this present evil world, Galatians 1.4. The Bible says, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. Mm. And this would be the same world that the Lord says, uh, love uh, love not the world, neither the things that are in in the the world. world. If Mm. any man love the world, Uh, The love of the Father is not in him. So this present evil world. There is also the world to come. There's the world to come. And this is spoken of specifically in the Gospels, but also in Hebrews. Uh, So I want to hit one of the Gospel passages, but and even touch a Hebrews passage, but just puzzle piece flip. Puzzle (laughs) piece flip. This is, it was a good analogy for me because... Uh, if I'm not careful, then I take a puzzle piece and I'm just busy staring at it, losing the forest for the trees. Matthew 12, verse 32. This is speaking about blasphemy of uh, of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, Whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Okay, so without digging into everything that's going on in the passage, we can acknowledge that the Lord makes a division between this world and the world, the to, world come. to come. And this world is referred to in Galatians by Paul as this mm-hmm. present evil world. Okay, so we have, let's see if we can count them. We got old world, present evil world, world to come. Can I add one to the world to come? You, or you, I, you know go what, I for forgot, it. you're going to read Hebrews. I was going to read Ephesians, but if you want to read Hebrews, go right ahead. Are you going to read Ephesians 3.21? 1.21. Okay. Go ahead. You can go go for it. Talking about Christ. Oh, one, I'll read Ephesians 1.20 yeah. and 21. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Okay. Great passage. All right, mm-hmm. another, another just a division. Just a quick, we're flipping, like you yep. said, we're not going to get into all of it. We're just going to flip the puzzle pieces. We're just pieces. establishing the, the, the fact that there are multiple I, worlds. I love the puzzle pieces. Okay. <laughs> I, I really do. All right, Hebrews 2. 
Hebrews 2 and verse 5. Okay. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. Now, I, I do think that this is probably in reference to the fact that the Bible teaches that um, one day when the Lord Jesus Christ sits upon the throne of his father David, ruling in righteousness, that he will rule as king in Israel, uh, over the world, through Israel. The Bible also says that we will rule and reign with him. Okay, so there is going to be the ruling and the reigning of the church with the Lord Jesus Christ over the earth. Okay, and perhaps this is a discussion for another day, but currently principalities and powers are in rule over the earth uh, right now. And if you want to know what that is, we'll do another podcast later, or you can study on your own. But there we're just a, flipping puzzle. We're pieces. just flipping puzzle pieces. Okay, all right. The last. The next world that I want to make reference to is Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21. Ephesians 3 verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Now this is interesting because I think that the word ages, uh, we understand that world or worlds and ages if we can use the term, are synonymous or are interpreted. Maybe interpreted is a better interpreted, word. Interpreted, yeah. Our understanding of the word world is interpreted by the word ages. Uh, by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, again, multiple ages, but world without end. Okay? So we do know that the millennium, by virtue of it being called millennium, is definable by a 1,000-year period. There's an end. There's an end. There's a beginning and there's an end to that millennium. So this would then refer to the world after the millennium, the okay. world without end, which we would call eternity. 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 Which by its definition, that's what eternity means. Okay. So recap. Yep. You're you're saying the Bible's saying, I I'm think. I'm sorry. Yes, I yeah. agree. I'm sorry. The Bible's saying. And I do agree with you. There is the world which was. Yep. Which we, I think, have determined that to be... The old world. The old world, the creation the cre- creation to the flood. Right. Then we have the world, the present evil world, the Bible calls it. Yep. Which is where we are now. Mm-hmm. And then the world to come. Correct. Um, which we- I believe we call, the, or which scripture would define as the kingdom or what we call the millennium. Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. Yep. And then there's the fourth... The world without end, which could be defined with the word eternity. Correct. Okay. Here's the question, and this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the tennis ball up in the air. We're just flipping puzzle gonna, pieces. We're not answering questions. It. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is is there a fifth? Oh boy. Is there a fifth? According to the scriptures, and now I will recede into the bushes. Where would uh, Recede into the bushes. We're just flipping puzzle pieces. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let me say it and then punt. I think there is. Okay. I think there. I think that if you are going to come to the Bible with a with a consistent literal approach, then you would have to understand that there were things that were going on prior to the old world that we identified in second peter chapter two and i think that has everything to do with our understanding 
of what the Bible says about Lucifer, who he was, uh, what he what he did, what the Bible reveals that he did, what he was to do. Um, and we find these in the book of Isaiah and the book of Ezekiel. So do we want to you know, double team, somebody take the Ezekiel passage and somebody take the Isaiah passage uh, and just look at those? Do you want me to take guys? What do you want me to do? Why don't we start by, you'd mentioned the Peter passage. Why don't we go back and just read that verse so people are familiar with what you're referring to? Okay. You mentioned Second Peter well, 2. Yeah, my understanding. What's that, verse 4, I think? Yep. So the is this the one that we earmarked? Well, you earmarked, I think, chapter three. I did, <clears throat> but I, I, I thought you were refer- you what you just mentioned that you felt that there was another world based upon. Um, were you referring to Second Peter two four? I was referring to Second Peter three and verse uh, that four and five six passage, um, and and here's here's why. Here's why. Um, I, I here's there's a couple things here. If you have to that you have to hold intention. We know that in Genesis chapter one, that God placed a firmament, which is an expanse of space, and between the firmament uh, was water. There was hmm. water on either side of the firmament, and we understand just by reading that passage. That in the firmament, there the firmament is heaven. We know that the the sun, moon, and stars are in heaven. We also know that the birds are able to fly in the firmament. And then, just through further revelation, we understand that there that the heaven in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth singular. Mm-hmm. But then, by the time we get to Paul's day, he refers, <clears throat> excuse me, to third heaven. So we know by Paul's day, these are puzzle pieces, we're just flipping, right? Sure. By Paul's day, we know that there are at least, there are revealed to us three heavens. The third heaven is where God and his presence is. Second heaven, we would deduce, would be the place where the sun, moon, and stars are. First heaven, our atmosphere where the birds can fly, right? So there are those divisions. So when, the in verse 7 of 2 Peter 3, uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 7, well, let's start, I'll start in verse 5. For this they are, and, and I'm going to explain what I think, and then you can, we can shred it, okay? We can dissect it. But Second Peter 3, 5, For this they are willingly, they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Okay, so there is a flood Mm-hmm. of some kind. Okay, so when you come, just keep in mind in Genesis 1, there's water, right? There's water. There's the earth and there's the water. But the Lord divides, creates division. He, he creates a space between the water that's above and the water that's below. But there is water there. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about verse 7 is that the Bible says, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So here is, here's what's interesting to me, is that the heavens and the earth, which are now, are kept in store unto judgment. 
okay? But in the flood, in Noah's flood, the heavens were not judged or flooded. Just the earth was flooded. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so just the earth was flooded. The heaven was not flooded. But uh, we see that the heavens and the earth are viewed as needing to be judged together. Okay? And the judgment that they will be judged with is fire against the day of judgment. Okay? So he's viewing the two as needing to be judged together by fire. But I think that what he has in mind is a, a... I just hate a universal flood prior, a universal flood that 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 took place um, because of sin that happened on the earth, but not the not the sin of Adam, hmm. the sin of Lucifer. Okay, now, I know that that's that's like flipping multiple pieces, but if you I just the more I chew on it, the more I see that he views the heaven and the earth as being judged together by fire having previously been judged by water in the past. Does that make sense? It does. You got to chew. Just chew. No, no, no. You're fine. Oh, it is. My, mm-hmm. my mind is connecting to something else okay. with what you're saying. But go ahead. Well, in, ver- in verse 7, you'll notice <clears throat> um, verse 6, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens, and that's plural, so it's not just talking about the firmament. You know, the Bible clearly, as, as we talked about, defines three heavens. But the heavens, and I personally believe that's one and two, not three. I don't believe the, I don't believe the third heaven is going to be destroyed. No, because there's a crystal sea that there's, separates. Yeah. Um, and see, this will lead into some of our future because they will say, well, didn't Lucifer sin in heaven and so thereby heaven needs to be destroyed? That's just wetting appetite a little bit. Um, but they are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So the Bible tells us in multiple places that he's going to destroy the heavens, plural, which yes. I believe is one and two, mm-hmm. and the earth and create a new heaven. And a new earth. Mm-hmm. That's clearly taught in the scriptures. Um, so uh, what I was referring to, verse 4, I agree with you. I agree that there is a world before the old world spoken of those who lived before the flood. Agreed. That is spoken of in Second Peter 2, 4, as well as in other places. Um, that there was a judgment upon the earth of the sons of God and of Lucifer. And I'm not sure that the actual word world is used in association. Now I say that it may be. I'm, I'm not sure that the world, that designation of world is used. But as we've talked about this, so many other things come up in my mind. Like, I don't know if you noticed when we were in the Ephesians 3.21, World Without End, I was just really chewing on that, thinking... You know, does that mean eternity or does that mean, because completely agree, they're different worlds, plural. So then what do we do with John 3, 16, where God says, God so loved the world, singular? Sure. Which one? Which one? Well, Which this, one? <laughs> I think it has to do with the, the present 
the present world. Well, which which so, which world does okay? Finish the verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten I, I'm, Son. I'm, I'm taking the thought. So which world of, did He send His Son into? You know what I mean? Sure. So well, it's it is the world, the, the present, present evil because world. He says that in Ephesians, He right. saved us and delivered us from this. Well, present then evil can world. the listener say, well, then did Jesus only die for those that's, in that world? That's a great no, point. you have yeah. to go. Uh, to Hebrews, and again, I'm though. trying to play the devil's advocate. Right. Yes, you are. I'm because we're we're emphasizing plural and singular, mm-hmm. and so probably the most famous verse in the Bible has world singular. singular. So I just I, I like to answer questions before they before they come up. So that's a great point. You were going to say we need to go to. Well, I think, okay, to answer, I, oh, man, we're going in. We're, <laughs> we're already diving into another ditch. Um, we're finding the puzzle pieces as we flip them and going, yeah. this is going to be really Can awesome. Can we just we stay? Could we stay on? Okay, let's do that. Let's do that, <laughs> right? So, because <laughs> we touched on the fall of Lucifer. I think that it's worth continuing down that path. What do you think? What do you think? I agree. Um I'm going back. Also, when you mention, I might be flipping another puzzle piece that we don't need to flip. But when you mention the flood, yeah, or the or the waters that perish, the 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 world that perished with the with the water. That, Second Peter three. I'm with you. Genesis one. Okay. When did God create water? Right. In the creation week. I actually had a, a person ask me that question. Um, a, a young man. Uh, um, a child who's learning creation and, and, and homeschooling. And this question he posed to his mom, when, when did, when did God actually create the water? It's all, it's already there. I know. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting to point out. Not that God didn't create it. Yeah. I'm just saying when you go read the creation account, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Where is, but where is he? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I know you're asking questions. I'm just, I'm just reading. I'm flipping a puzzle piece over. Um, it's like, did God create light? Because the Bible says God is light. Correct. Yes. Him is no he said, let there all. be light. Right. Which I, did he, so is that the beginning of light? Light did not exist mm. before Genesis uh, 1, just, 4, whatever that is. Can I blurt a summary? We're just flipping Can I just blurt a summary? Can I blurt a summary? Can I figure out what the piece, what the whole puzzle is going to look like when you, we're done? You know how like you, you blurt, right, let's just look at the box. Yeah. Look, look at the box real quick. <laughs> um, and we, we do need to go to the scriptures on this. But uh, it, it appears in the scriptures that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, a unified system, right? Yes. Where, okay. Uh, but... Um, we learn from Isaiah and Ezekiel that the first inhabitants of that earth rebelled against him, right? Uh, specifically, Lucifer said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Okay? I know I'm, I'm getting ahead. But here's what's interesting. You come to the end of the, the Bible, Revelation 21, verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a mm-hmm. new earth, singular I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. <laughs> Does that mean that there's no more ocean on the earth? No. I believe that's referring to the crystal sea that separates heaven, third heaven, from the second and the first and the second. Because the first and the second are are corrupted by the presence of sin. Um it also isolates, 
I, we've, we're familiar with the term uh, going into, what's it called now? When, when you had the COVID, you had to go into quarantine, quarantine right? Chris, the Crystal Sea is the quarantining barrier. Uh, between the third heaven. Between the third and, and the, the first, first and the second. second. Yes, right. So well, also, hasn't God removed the division, just like he removed the veil between God and man? That's right. The cosmos, the second heaven, is the division between man and God. Remember what the Bible says, the tabernacle of God is among men, mm-hmm. where God makes his presence among men, not mm-hmm. apart from men, but mm-hmm. among men. So uh, there's no need of the sun, the moon, and the stars, the Bible says. Correct. Uh, but also, I just believe the reason why it says in Revelation 21.1 that he only creates a new heaven. Isn't it heaven singular? Yes, it's heaven singular. Well, he, right. he so destroys a- heavens, plural, but he only creates heaven singular. singular. Mm-hmm. So there's no need of the second heaven anymore. It's, it's removed. It's the division between God and man. And now, uh, if you think of it, the veil represented the spiritual division between mm-hmm. God and man. Well, space, the cosmos, is the physical division between God and man and his physical presence. We weren't made to go there. And you, you, just, you, yeah. you can't you get there it. from here. You can't get there <laughs> right? from here. Not so by he, there's no need for it anymore. Yeah. So do we want to look, now we want to go look at those passages, you think? Are yeah. we still earth and world at this point? <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out if, um, after what you just said, is does like the enterprise going to exist? I don't, there's Kurt. no need of it, though. I'm kidding. Because the Lord Jesus Christ <laughs> ascended, right, in a glorified body. I know, yes, I know. Yes. <laughs> right? Oh, I know you're being funny. <sighs> but Someone's okay. a Trekkie. But oh, you, someone is a Trekkie, okay. yes. What? But someone else also had a median he had to worry about this morning. <laughs> yes, so. I was so ticked. He's okay. in a bad mood. Don't distract. <laughs> don't distract. Ah. If you... Uh, the reason there's no need of light, no need of the sun... Right, is because the glory of the Lord fills. That's right. That universe, okay. Darkness. What was what was one of the judgments upon the Egyptians? Darkness. Darkness that they could feel. Right. The Bible says God is light. In Him is no, no darkness, darkness at all. So, uh, people that are blind walk in what? They walk in darkness. So darkness is. is I mean, Christ is called the light. He is the he light. He said... Um, the light to lighten the Gentiles in mm-hmm. Isaiah 42. What, what did he... Jesus said... I'm trying to remember now the verse. He said it about as long as he is in the world, um, he's the light of the world. And he made a statement, I don't remember how it goes, about um, always day mm. when Christ is here. I don't remember. Well, he said, I must work the works of the Father while it is yet day. While it is yet day. Okay, yes. that's what it was. Yeah. Right. Sorry, right. I just... No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. You two Bible scholars, I know, knew <laughs> no. exactly what I was thinking. Learn it. We're learning all together. Yeah. So here's what we've done so far, as far as pu- turning over puzzle pieces. We've distinguished <laughs> between the earth and the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's clear that God made the earth, mm-hmm. and then upon that earth, he made worlds. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 1-2. Hebrews 1-2, he said, and also he made the worlds. Mm-hmm. So the worlds that have been upon the earth, mm-hmm. and we've just tried to show scripturally that there's plural. Mm-hmm. We can debate as to how many sure. of them, but they're definitely, because of the use of worlds, plural, that there's more than one. So upon the earth, singular, he made worlds. Mm-hmm. 
uh, according to Second Peter chapter 2, I believe he's already judged two of those worlds. And it also speaks that he is going to judge the third world mm-hmm. as well. Which, I don't mind. Go ahead. And he is also going to judge, I believe, the battle of Gog and Magog. He's going to judge that fourth world. Do you mean to tell me that Gog and Magog is not happening right now? Oh, no. It's oh, not no. happening in Ukraine. No. Well, you know, I, I, I... There goes the neighborhood. My heart goes out <laughs> to the... By the way, there's a lot more going on to that than the news, what the news is telling us. I sure. know that they're trying to make Putin the spawn of Satan. And, uh, but there's a lot more going on than... But yes. Yes. Gog and Magog seems... And I'm not trying to belittle what the Ukrainian people are going through right now. I'm not trying to do that. But it seems to me in the scriptures that the battle of Gog and Magog is much more severe. Yes. Uh, devastation. Yes. Uh, where literally, I believe, millions are, are going to perish in the battle of... <laughs> Uh, okay, but when does it even take yeah, place? Yeah, let's have fun. Well, if it's it, Gog and Magog, that's after right. Christ has been here for a thousand years. Right. So, right. The millennial reign begins with a battle and it ends with, with a battle. battle. It begins with the battle of Armageddon. It ends with the battle of Gog and Magog. Yes. So it begins with a battle and ends with one. So I guess we missed the battle of Armageddon. We missed the rapture. We missed the, we missed millennial the tribulation. Reign. We missed yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So just the mark just, of the beast. This is a yeah. free side note. Free side note, Revelation 20 and verse 8. Read it. Gog and Magog takes place at the conclusion, at the end of the millennium. So since we're not there yet, Gog and Magog cannot be taking place right now. Right now. I guess you would have to be an amillennialist. A practical one, yes. Yes. An anti-millennialist to think that there is no millennial reign of Christ to believe that this is the battle of Gog and Magog. Right. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, you'd have to be. You'd have to not believe in a millennial reign. Right. Because I don't know where Christ is. Or just wrongly dividing. Just wrongly dividing. Because the Bible says during yeah. the millennial reign, we'll be able to go hear Christ teach himself, mm-hmm. according to Isaiah chapter 2. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to go into the mountain and hear him personally. Well, where is that? Uh, we've missed all of that, I guess. I guess so. Why are we here? That's so my, that's here's where fault. we are. We have an earth. That is your fault. Why that's did you do that? Fault. We have an earth, <laughs> and upon this earth, Christ has made worlds. He has judged some of those worlds. He will judge more of those worlds, uh, according to specifically Second Peter's epistle is great because it shows all of it in just a matter of a couple chapters. Um, and we've defined the earth as the physical place upon which man dwells and the world as the people group, uh, the society that abides upon the earth at that time. And I think right now, uh, trying to rein it in from all of the side trails we've gone on, now we're trying to identify perhaps how many worlds that the Bible identifies. I think it's clear that there's an old world, a present world, the world to come, we have the world without end, which I'm still trying to wrestle with that one a little bit sure, in my mind. Sure. And then I do agree that there was a world upon the earth uh, before the world that was judged during Noah's time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is the angels that fell. I believe it's clear according to scripture. And I know we talked about getting to Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 that... 
Um, I believe the Bible is clear to teach that Lucifer, before he sinned, he had a throne upon the earth. Um, the sons of God, I believe, at least some of them uh, were upon the earth, and they rebelled, and God judged them uh, upon the earth. So do we want to jump into that at all? Let's do it. I, Let's take so Isaiah 14. So I 14. think we've identified every, every world that I'm aware of sure. besides the, the world that we're about to talk about. Right. Yes. Okay. Right. Take right. it away, Brother Chad. All right, so do you want, I'm going to start in Isaiah 14, but okay. also, right, Ezekiel 28 mm-hmm. is, is going to be another passage we look at, okay? Now, this is where I understand, someone says, I've heard someone say and ask the question, how in the world could Lucifer, how Satan have sinned in heaven, Yes. right? But we have, you know, heaven's pretty big, and sometimes the Bible's referring to all of heaven, but sometimes it's referring to the third heaven, the second heaven, the first heaven, okay? So we let context determine that. Isaiah fourteen twelve. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. Now just pause. If someone's going to ascend into heaven, whether you look at it as unified or as segmented, all right, in order to ascend from heaven, where's your point of departure? Where are you starting? The earth. The earth, <laughs> right? You have to start the earth. Right. Okay? Otherwise, if you're, if you're saying, well, he was in second heaven. Okay, so he was on Mars or some distant, uh, is that what you're saying? That doesn't pass the smell or the eye test, but I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. Okay. Well, he's got a throne. He had a throne. He doesn't say I will get a throne. No, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Now, if you want to consider what in the world is the mount of the congregation, just look at the use of the word congregation elsewhere in the scriptures. Uh, Psalm 82, I think, describes an assembly of the angels, the principalities mm-hmm. and powers. Um, and he is wanting to take the throne that he has been given. He's not satisfied with that. And he is wanting to ascend above and take a higher, higher throne. Yes. Okay, so, so where is he? Where is he? Well, verse 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. All right. Where are the clouds? Well, currently they're above us. So he's got a throne that is below the clouds. And he says, I will ascend into heaven. A simple man can read that and understand that at some point Lucifer had a throne upon the earth. He had a throne upon the earth. And he was not satisfied with that. And being not satisfied with that, with pride in his heart, he said, I will ascend. I will ascend my throne above the stars of God. Okay? So now we have to... Oh, man, we got to keep reading. Verse 17, okay, it's still talking about him. That made... This is Lucifer. Okay, Lucifer. That made the world as a wilderness... 
and destroyed the cities thereof. Okay, judgment came upon the earth because of Lucifer's actions. Is that fair to say? You see, do you see that in verse 17? I do. Is okay. that Jeremiah 4? Mm-hmm. Not to... Nope. Just a teaser. Keep going. I'm not okay. going to turn over that puzzle piece yet. So the rest of this is just is judgment against him for what he did. Um, and I, so I've kind of picked out what I wanted just to touch on, puzzle pieces in Isaiah 14. Do you want to look at Ezekiel 28, or do you want to keep going Could 14? Could we just point out one thing Yes, again. sir. Do you notice in verses 13 and 14 how all three heavens are mentioned? They're all mentioned in verses 13 and 14. Huh, sure enough. Um, he makes the statement, I will ascend into heaven. Well, which heaven? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now, we, you can debate there, okay? Sometimes stars are angels and sometimes they're stars. But I believe that's the second heaven. I will sit also upon, notice he doesn't talk about ascending anymore. You can't get any higher than the third heaven. Mm. Notice I will ascend, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Well, what's above the stars of God? Well, the term, the sides of the north, I believe that's the biblical description of where heaven, the third heaven is. Third heaven Mm -hmm. is. That's also used in Psalm. The sides of the north, the city of our great king. Mm. So that phrase, and that is when God has brought heaven to earth, mm-hmm. is when that sides of the north. So if you want to know where, where does the Bible say the third heaven is? The sides of the north. Mm-hmm. That is how it describes it. So there's the, sec- there's the third heaven. So the second heaven is mentioned above the stars of God. The third heaven is mentioned, the sides of the north. The first heaven is mentioned, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. So... All three heavens are mentioned, and notice he's beneath all of them. Well, what's beneath the three heavens? The, the earth. earth. The earth. Right. I mean, right. I mean, it is just. Uh, um, I don't see how you can come to any other biblical conclusion. Well, now Ezekiel will Ezekiel, clarify it much yes. greater, but I'm just saying you can't just staying in Isaiah. I don't think you can come to any other biblical conclusion. That Lucifer is wanting to exalt his throne, which is upon the earth. He's wanting to exalt it. Okay. So, so then Ezekiel answers where that throne was located. Yes. Right? Yes. Where that throne was located. So do you want to read wanna, it? Go for it. Yes, where you, you may start in 13? You may start in... Um, well, I, okay. So there is, there is the, a principle in understanding you know, we are types, right? Agreed. So yes. we know that the Lord, that this prophecy here given to Ezekiel, starts in Ezekiel 28, verse 2, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus. He's not only looking at the prince of Tyrus, but he's he's looking beyond. Mm-hmm. Because you begin to look at the descriptions and you say, that is not the description of a human being. So he's not only seeing Tyrus, but he's seeing in Tyrus the same heart right. that was in Lucifer. So and that, he uses it in verse 12, calling it the king, the king of right. Tyrus. He's not yep. prince anymore. He's now talking to now the, king the king of Tyrus right. in verse 12. So go ahead, sir. So and who's you, the king of Tyrus? Yeah, if you read right. this description, you find out very quickly, this isn't a man. Mm-hmm. A man can't do this if he's mm-hmm. talking about a man. That prince-king point is a good one, by the way. Right. Yeah. So verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. 
thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. I don't know how far you want me to go. As far as you want to go. I can stop there if you would like. If you want me we to can start tearing that apart. We can. Yeah, that was a lot. Okay. <laughs> that was a lot. Well, we at least have, at the very least, we have a location for his throne. Thou hast been in Eden, yep. the garden of God. Yep. No, that's past tense. That is past tense. And tent, this is... Tent, tense is very important in this passage. Yes. It will be past, present, and future in this tense, in mm-hmm. this text. Mm-hmm. So I believe, based on Isaiah's passage and this passage, he has a throne, and that throne's location is in Eden. Correct. In that first world. In that first world. Right. And you and even... He, even go, ahead. go ahead. No, he describes his coverings, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what a throne would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, you had something you were going to say. I was going to look up something very quickly. Well, there is probably the key word in helping us understand, you know, you talk about time, is in verse 15, the word till. Till iniquity was found in thee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so by the time, you know, you can't say, well, this is just talking about, you know, the serpent. No, no there's something, something changed. And there was, because we, we know that he had it in his heart to ascend, and now we have where he was mm-hmm. and what things were like when that took place. So he's in the garden of he's in a place called Eden, the garden of God. And and he's adorned this way. But you look in verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub. That's present tense. Yeah. He's still the anointed cherub. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. What do you think it means when it says that covereth in verse 14? Well, I know what I believe it meant before he sinned, that if you look at how he was fashioned, how he was made mm-hmm. in verse 13. Now, can I do one quick little, notice what he is, notice the word workmanship in verse 13. Mm-hmm. There's only two times in the entire Bible where it talks about God's workmanship. Now, if you look up workmanship, it will take you to the man who built the tabernacle. And, mm-hmm. But when it talks about what God has, his workmanship, it's only used two times. It means special creation. Mm. The first time here is with Lucifer. Lucifer was God's special creation. The only other time in the Bible is Ephesians 2 and verse 10, yeah. where it says, for we are his workmanship. Um, so... Created is the next word there. Created, Created in right? Christ Speaking Jesus. of that right. new man. Yeah. Now Lucifer was the son of God, and we are the son of God. Yep. We are that creation, and so. But getting back to the covering, I believe what that means is is he covered. And when it when it talks about when we think of cover, we think it's going to hinder. We think it's going to shroud. But his covering was to magnify. Mm-hmm. You see how he was fashioned. The stones, um, 
what happens to a stone when light is put to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I believe that Lucifer covered the throne. Um, You can see that positionally where he was, uh, he could not get any closer to the throne than he was, but Mm -hmm. it was not enough. Mm -hmm. But he covered the throne, and so God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. As that light filtered through how Lucifer was fashioned, the light filled the earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, remember, there was no sun. There was no sun upon the earth. Sure, that's right. Wasn't created until much later. So, but just as, just as there will be no need of the sun, there was no need of the sun then. Yeah. Um, Lucifer's, uh, his glory, he was used that God's glory filled the earth. Mm -hmm. Not only from his physical, but also notice it says, and of thy pipes. Mm -hmm. Now, the word tabrets, in verse 13, and of thy tabrets, that is a musical instrument. The tabret, if you look it up, what is a tabret? It's a musical instrument. And of thy pipes. You know, there are those who say that he also was a musical instrument, which that could be the case. You know, sure. I, I'm simple enough to believe. I mean, we're musical instruments. Of course we are. <laughs> right? Right? Yes. These are the golden pipes, right? Yes. <laughs> and of thy pipes, is that where the expression, boy, that person has some pipes. Yeah. Where they were. So he in some way audibly, so he visually and audibly magnified the glory of God. Mm-hmm. That's was his. But in order to do that, you must be close in proximity. I mean, he couldn't be any closer to God than he was mm-hmm. to magnify it visually and audibly. That's mm-hmm. what I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Till. Till. Iniquity was found in thee. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when he, Isaiah 14, determined he would ascend. So that's where, when I look at Second Peter chapter 3, combined with Genesis chapter 1, that God judged. You know, however big the universe was then, you know, if it was just heaven and earth at the time, maybe it was just heaven and earth. Maybe they were super close in proximity. I don't know. But I know this, that there was clearly a judgment of water upon the earth because... Like you mentioned, the simple question, where did the water come from? Where did the from? water come from in Genesis 1? Where did the water come from? And Second Peter 3 talks about a, a flood. God creates an expanse. You know, the firmament is the division, the expanse between uh, heaven and earth. And, you know, if, if where the sides of the north are, there's a crystal sea. I mean, there's no denying that. The Bible says that there's a crystal sea and there's a, God's throne is there. And fascinatingly enough, there's also, uh, as it, I think in Revelation, uh, there's a description of a rainbow about the throne of God. You know, which, if you're wearing a garment that has all of these uh, gems in it, then it's going to put off, like you said, all of those colors mm-hmm. as well. So... This answers a few other questions for us. It simplifies some things. Um, when God tells Adam and Eve to replenish the earth. I'm just going to bring that up. Right. Well, before we get there. in this, Go ahead. Can we go backwards to the original question? Yep. When Satan, I'm going to use this term. I don't like to use it, but let's just go ahead. 
when he uh, fell, when the fall of Satan, it wasn't a fall from the third heaven because Satan wasn't there. There's well, I don't no... even know if there was a third heaven then yet. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. But you, you know what I'm trying to say because the question is how was there sin in heaven then? Right. But he wasn't in the presence of God, in the throne room of God that we see in Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4 and Ezekiel 1. You know what I'm trying to say? Sure. He's not there. He yeah, is because on he earth. Said, I will ascend. Right. I will exalt. He's here when he makes that statement. He attempted. He, I think he attempted he because attempted. Isaiah 14, 12 says, How art thou fallen from heaven? So that goes to the question, then why is he here to begin with? Why would God create Satan to be inhabiting this, not this world, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Pre-Adam, why is he here? Currently, or why no, was no, he No, no, no. Why, why was he created? Why did God put his throne upon the earth? Because his throne is in Eden. Well, Satan didn't create that throne. That was given to him. Correct. So why did God do that? That's where I'm going. There's some. Do you know where you're going? I know where I'm going. Okay. <laughs> so I, my answer is known unto God <laughs> alone. So I, I believe there's a reason for that creation. Okay, carry on. And I think it's going to go with your word, replenish. Okay, um, it connects to that term, the phrase in Scripture, "Son of God," because there are four peoples. Is it, can I use that word? People is plural, but people, groups, or personages that the scriptures call son of God. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the number one would be Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's the only one with the term begotten with the son of God. He's not the only son of God. He's the only begotten son of God. Now, that's another puzzle piece for another day. Um, so Jesus is the son of God. Um you and I, if you're saved, you know, for, for as many as believed, to them gave you power to become the, the sons, sons of God. God. Um, if you are a child of God, if you, if you have accepted, if you've experienced that new birth, you are a son of God. First um, John 3. Okay. So we have Christ. You have those that are saved. Adam is called the son of God. Uh, Luke 3, Luke 3, the last verse. Of okay. Luke 3. Luke 3 calls Adam the son of God. And I believe the fourth category, so, so you have uh, Jesus, you and I, Adam, and Satan, Lucifer, and those created with him, Genesis chapter 6, Job chapter 1. Um, uh, Job 30 some, 30, 30, 38, 30, yeah, somewhere in there. Find it. So (laughs) that fourth category, telling me to find it. No, no, no. Okay. You're looking at that fourth category. That's that weird category. I mean, clearly in Job one, the sons of God that present. Okay. And, and Satan is among them. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's not followers of Christ. Yeah. Okay. That's. That's not Adam. That's not Jesus. So this is clearly another category. And, and to, to look at Adam, okay? Um, man, I've I'm, I'm, I got a million things I want to say. So you look at Adam. He is created 
In the image of God. In the image of God. Correct. He has a son named Seth who is not in the image of God. In, in his own image. In his own image. Right. We, as as human beings, you know, we're all created in the image of God. No, we're not. Correct. We're created in the image of our dad. Right. Okay. If we believe, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a son of God is an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. Adam was. Jesus Christ is. You and I are to become. So the creation of Satan and or Lucifer, you know, and the sons of God were to be image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, the Bible says he came to seek and to save that which was lost, not those who are lost. That is singular. That which, well, what was lost? The image of God was lost. Mm-hmm. Adam lost it. Lost upon the earth. Yes, upon the earth. earth. Yeah. So he came to save that which was lost, to put his image back. And as many as believed to them gave you power to become the sons of God. Right. So that's where my mind was going. Sure. I apologize if I'm opening up too many or flipping over too many puzzle pieces. Well, I believe Adam was created to replace Lucifer. To replace because of the the iniquity that was found in in Lucifer. That was Lucifer's hatred of Of, Adam. Of Adam. It's because Adam took his place. Because we see that Adam was created to rule upon the earth. And where was Adam put? He was put in Eden. In Eden. Right. But he was also placed here to rule, you know. That's what dominion means. Dominion is a ruling term that Adam was to rule upon the earth. Yeah, because if you think about it, you you know, sometimes you you ask uh, questions to eliminate possibilities okay right okay so there's an entire universe why is it that lucifer is so concerned with this one why is he like, so you're talking like this, this this earth this earth this earth yeah. sorry i forgot the word earth yeah oopsies right why so, is he Trekkie, so concerned how come he's not talking to the klingons uh, I, don't, sorry, I don't know anything about Star Trek. I'm having lots of fun right now, so but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And you, I know you're in a bad mood, so I'm not in a bad believe, mood. <laughs> well, I believe that Psalm eight. I think it's clear. I think Psalm eight clearly tells us that the Earth is God's focal point. Mm-hmm. Man yes. is God's. Focal is that the point. that Psalm eight's the what is man that what thou is art man mindful? that thou art mindful yes. of him? And the psalmist says, "When I behold the heavens, when I behold everything, what is man?" Yes. That thou art mindful of him. So I believe Psalm 8. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, right? And has what? If you look at it, I think it says, and has um, not adorned him, but has given him glory and honor. Is that right? You know what I'm talking about? See, not yes. only are we flipping puzzle pieces right now, we're actually putting the ones together that we're finding. We're putting them. it no. you. That's right. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. there's a flower. Let's put That's that right. together. Okay, here we go. Yeah, thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him. Crowns are for what? Kings. Well, right, for ruling. Verse Crown. 6. Thou madest him to have? Dominion. Dominion. Over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now, you can make the argument that this is also speaking of Christ. Uh, Hebrews does. Yeah. 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 So... Man, where do you where do you go from this particular I know. spot? I was thinking Psalm eighty two. This has been referenced a number of times, but like every if you if you just let the again if I will let the Bible let God speak for Himself, then there's some things that just seem weird and odd and strange to our our perception of reality. That if I let God determine what reality is, then they don't really they don't hurt my brain so much. Mm-hmm. So like Psalm eighty two, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. Okay, so that word congregation 
right? Where did Lucifer want to ascend? The mount of the congregation. the congregation. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. Well, that's kind of weird. Who's oh, he's, among he's the mad gods. At, at Baal. Right. And so he speaks... I, I know. Uh, to a graven image. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I know. You know where I'm going with I know. that. I was being yep. facetious. Yep. So then he says in verse 6, um, after after he proclaims and declares judgment upon them for not ruling mm-hmm. well, these are the principalities and powers, right? I have said ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Okay, so there's so your... this is not Baal and Ashtaroth. No. That's right. Right. This is here's the sons of God. Okay, but I do think that Baal, Ashtaroth, um, Dagon. I like that. I like that name for the Philistine god. Dagon. Right. Okay. <laughs> Dagon. <laughs> isn't it Dagon? <laughs> isn't it for our southern list? For me, it's, it's Dagon. Dagon. Okay. Isn't it Dagon <laughs> right. though? Just yeah, saying. No, yeah. Fine. Okay. Okay. But <laughs> even so, you even also say so. Haggai, right? Yeah. Instead of Haggai, and yeah, I do such say, a perfect. Do you say Haggai? I do. Oh man. You probably say Nahum. Nahum? 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 Do you say Titus instead of? I am now. Now, Let's go to 1 Corinthians. Yeah. Um, But I do think here that that gods is identified for us, children of the Most High, Mm. sons of God. Sons of God. And... um, there's a whole other study on that, but I, I think that you can deduce that even the, the problem of idolatry, was not just that they that they were worshiping blocks of stone, but that they were, what stood behind those blocks of stone, mm. what were the gods behind those blocks of stone? Well, they were they were false, they were those fallen with Satan who were seeking the worship. Seeking worship ultimately for Lucifer yes. instead of worship for yes. God. Um, Which is what he's always wanted. Sure. Absolutely. Is not that one of the temptations of Christ? Yes, sir. So, Yes, sir. All right. Do, so if we were to summarize this, we have established that the heaven, or we've established that earth and world worlds are different things. We've established that the Bible does speak to multiple worlds. We have established that even if you only believe that there are four, right? There's at least four. There's the old world, the present evil world, the world to come, and world without end, which I know you're still wrestling with that. And what's interesting is every world is going to be judged mm-hmm. except world without the end. final one. Right. Mm-hmm. Every single world right. Right. is going to receive judgment from Some God. already have. Right. Some already have. Yes. Some will to come. Yes. According to... Again, Second Peter for you and the listeners. Second Peter chapters two and three are are, are, are great, concise. It gives things very chronologically. Uh, it's very, very. That really helped me was Second Peter's gospel on understanding the judgments upon the earth mm-hmm. and the order in which they take place. Mm-hmm. So study that, and that will greatly help. And so then we've just kind of made the argument that it seems to simpletons like us that there was a world prior to. We didn't even really dig into replenish. I think we should do that either now Let's or the very next podcast because... Well, this uh, seems to be it's probably going to be at least a two-parter anyway. Okay, well, we can just keep on hogging. 
Well, I don't know how long we've got. Doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because the use of the word replenish in the scriptures denotes judgment. It's only used twice in the Bible. Yes. After both times, there was a judgment. And so what was to be replenished is that which was judged. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. I think we should look at both times it's used. Right. Yes. Well, nobody, I don't know of anyone that denies the second. Most people I know deny the first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if it means this the second time, it has to mean this the first time. So why don't we do this? Josh, you mentioned it's twice. Why don't you take us to the two times okay. that it's mentioned? Can, can I add something to your two times it's mentioned reference? It's, it's okay, replenish in its, in its form happens twice, but the word replenished is five times as well. So okay. replenish in its form is not, it's not just these two times. Correct. We've got other examples to look through specifically. Uh, in the Old Testament that give us some understanding of the word. So you, you want to hit the right. first when two. When we study a word, there's other forms it can be in. Plural forms. Plural forms. Form, past tense. Different parts of speech. Replenish whether it's an adjective or a verb. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Right. So why don't I this, just read. But in this context. Why don't I just used. read just the two that have just replenish. Not right. replenisheth or replenished or anything like that. Uh, Genesis one twenty eight. This is right after the creation of man. God created, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. Is it fair to say the term replenish the earth appears twice? Yes, in Genesis, right? Well, what I mean is, you mentioned this other time. Oh, the actual word um, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Is there any other time besides the two we're going to mention where it specifically uses the phrase "replenish the earth"? No. Okay. It only that's what here. I that's what I was meaning. right. Correct. Yeah. Right. But if we're looking for the use of replenish in other contexts, correct, that also helps us, you know, comparing scripture to scripture. Yes. So, carry on, Sir Lovelace. I'm getting to Genesis nine. Okay. Verse 1, and God blessed Noah. Well, now we know what's going on there. So the first one, we know he created male and female. That's Adam and Eve. Okay. I'm singing the Statler Brothers song right now. Uh, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> which, which one? Okay. Noah found grace in the eyes well, of the Lord. That's a yeah. biblical song. <laughs> but it just is good. It goes, you know. It's a good toe tapper. Somebody's going to bust doesn't out make in any the... sense. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. You don't no. know that one? No, I know it. Oh, but then okay. I'm just thinking... Someone should bust out in the tenor, like no. Oh, that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. You we know it. it's not really right biblically. It's not, but, but it's just, just go. All right, okay. <laughs> oh boy, I can't read it now. And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, "Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth." Shoot, he said the same thing back in one twenty-eight. It's almost the exact Damn. same. I mean, it's almost word for word. Almost word for word. Now. Can I say something very quickly? Because I, I don't, don't have... I don't know. I, well, I can say a lot of things quickly. Okay. Will you give me permission to speak at this moment? Of course. <laughs> I, yield gonna, the, I yield the floor. I'm actually going to say that from now on. So, all right. Our, our, our Hamite friends 
I, I borrowed that term from somebody else, but I really like it. As someone who follows Ken Ham, um, is going to tell you that replenish and Genesis one can also mean fill. Okay. And one of the arguments is, well, the Hebrew word, and I hate that stuff. I do. So I'm not going to go down that road. I think we've already determined right division. I'm sorry, right Bible and all Mm -hmm. that. So we're not going to go there. But if it means fill, why didn't God say fill? When in Genesis when in Genesis one twenty two, getting ahead of me, God told the fish to fill the waters. Okay, verse twenty two, and God blessed them. It's saying, be fruitful and multiply and replenish. No, no, no. It says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. So he told the fish to fill the waters. Why didn't he tell man to fill the earth? Why did he say replenish and not fill if replenish means fill? Does that make sense? That That's that's what our dear friend, a dear friend, I never met the dude, but you know what I mean. So, what does the prefix re mean? What is, yeah. When you watch a rerun on TV, what when does someone that mean? returns. Right. What right. does the prefix so, re mean? Yeah. Well, if you We're, ask for a refill, you know, at, at a restaurant, it's pretty evident that you can are. Can you yeah. replenish my water? Right. I'm out. You wouldn't say plenish. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm a, again, going back to your word, I'm a simpleton. So I like. What does the Bible say? We're Bible believers. We just believe what the Bible says. We just believe says. the words written right. right in front of us. Right. Right. So does anybody argue what the Genesis 9, the command to Noah means? No one argues because they know okay. there was once man. We got to get man back. There was once man. We need to replenish the earth mm-hmm. with a man. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, and, and we also have to establish that which was just judged. Okay. Well, we go back to Genesis 1 now and the creation of man and God's first command to man. Now, notice he is that command given. Let me, would you read the command? Would you yeah. read everything leading up to it again? Uh, let's see here. Verse 28 And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. So that command was only given to man. That wasn't given to elephants and zebras. No. And, so that was not given to the animal kingdom. That was not the given fish, to... The um, fish, God told the fish to be fruitful and multiply. Right. But he said to fill. Right. So so the word replenish here is used only for man. Yes. It's not used for any other part of creation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm saying that obviously to make a point. Okay. If I use the same consistency... From Genesis 9, God judged something. Yes. Then that which was, he commanded to replenish that which was judged. How would that not be the same for Genesis 1? Genesis 1. So the question would be is, who or what was judged? And what would Adam and Eve be replenishing? That which was judged upon the earth. Well, I think there you have to say, okay... Was there a judgment upon the earth before the creation of Adam and Eve upon the earth? Well, mm. 
The obvious biblical question is, of course, yes. So, but who is judged? That's right. That's that's what I was going to say. Yep. Well, and and okay, when we talk about the the flood judgment, you know, and and I have to, I have been in that place where I believed, you know, that when the Bible says that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, that that just meant, you know, he was part of a godly line. But when you look at, you know, what it, okay, so if he was perfect in his generations, then every other men were not perfect in their generations. Correct. And so when you read in verse, uh, Genesis 6, verse 11, the Bible says that the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So the whole earth is, it's corrupt, it's filled with violence. And what does that look like? Well, God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt what does it mean that it was corrupt? For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is is flesh referring to men only or is it referring to all flesh? Well, all means all, right? Right. So it's not just, I mean, this it's going to sound weird, but it's not just mankind that has corrupted his way, but the animals... Everything that the breathed beast air was, was corrupted. Was, right. was corrupted. You, you mentioned generations in Genesis 6 9. It does not say Noah was perfect in his generation. It says per- generations. Plural. Which, what is a generation? It is the, it is the reproductive so process. So you could argue, and I'm, I'm going to use that in air quotes, but the, the argument of, well, Noah was a, you know, he was, he was good. Or, uh, the people around him weren't, and he was good. Amen. And I don't, I don't disagree with that, but that's not what that means. Because when, you know, when the Bible says these are the generations of, that's right. it goes on, goes on to talk about fathers and sons. If it was a, if it was, he was perfect in his generation. Mm-hmm. Well, that means those that were living with him, the, mm-hmm. his contemporaries, look mm-hmm. at him. But it says generations mm-hmm. because his genes weren't corrupt. Well, and then if you look at verse 9, these are the generations of That's Noah, right? right? No, it says what? Well, Noah begat three sons. There's his generations right there. So, and what just happened in Genesis 5? Because, you know, here's a the, you know, big, deep theology. Five comes before six. Most times. So... In Genesis 5, you have a whole list of generations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from Adam to Noah, Mm -hmm. a line that was not corrupted all the way through. So... There was no mingling of the seed. There's no, there's no mess. According right. to Daniel, what is that? Daniel 2. That's right. Yeah. There's no mingling of the seed. So his, his generations. This is a direct reference to the messianic line. That's right. Yeah, because even in, I'm, I'm still chasing this whole all flesh is corrupted in my own my own corner. Verse we seven, all have our own side of this table. Right, we're all... verse, seven, <laughs> verse 7 of Genesis 6. Uh, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Well, them, the antecedent of them, right. is going to be everything that's mentioned there, um, which it's weird to think about. Which that's all-encompassing to all flesh. Right. Right. So how do you corrupt something in its generation? <laughs> Why are you guys looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking a question. I well, I don't know where we're going. So I, mean, I know where we can go. I just didn't know what direction. Right. I'm just flipping See, puzzle all... pieces. 
It's Chad who's not sticking to the program. <laughs> I just you can say, well, no, I'm not. Let's just wait on that. It's fine. Okay, don't why don't we finish the replenish? Okay, just okay. to okay. So no one disagrees that when God commands Noah and his sons to replenish the earth, it is to replenish that which had been judged. Well, so what was judged prior to Genesis one? What is it? Verse twenty-eight. Well, I would say that which was judged were the sons of God, mm-hmm. were Lucifer and, according to Second Peter 2.4, the angels which sinned, that that is what it was judged upon the earth. They were the sons of God. Je- uh, you want to go to Jeremiah 4? read four? Jeremiah 4? Go ahead and read Jeremiah just, 4. To support what I think you're we already putting forth. Several minutes we have. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 4, 4, verse 23. Uh, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form and void. Okay, that's Genesis 1 language. That sounds familiar. And the heavens, and they had no light. Now, then he gets more specific. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man. But here's what's interesting. And all the birds of the heavens were fled. Okay, and I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. For thus hath the Lord said, The whole land shall be desolate, yet will I not make a full end. Okay, The whole land shall be desolate, yet will I not make a full end. When you look at that, when the earth, okay, it's not, you know, there's some people that are busy wrestling. Was the flood local or was the flood uh, global. Well, at this point, the Lord beheld. I know we're talking about prior. We're mm-hmm. talking about prior to the old world. But I beheld the earth, and lo, it was out form and void. Okay, judgment. Judgment came. God said, the whole land shall be desolate. Um, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord and by his fierce anger. The fruitful place, would that be Eden, the garden of God, well, it, in Ezekiel 28? Plus... Right. That plus. Well, yeah, it mentions all the cities, and I believe yeah. you brought up as in Isaiah, mentions the cities. Well, and also nations. Lucifer, yes. he deceived the nations. Thou, thou which deceivest the nations. Because um, God does make a distinction between the sons of God and men. Yeah. Like in Psalm 82, it says, he says, ye are gods. But verse 7, he says, but ye shall die like, like men. men. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he says that here there was no man. Well, when so. in the his, right when in the history of the world have there been cities, mountains, wilderness, previous fruitful plains, but no man, no man mm-hmm. upon the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're just again turning we're over just puzzle pieces. Turning over and, puzzle pieces, and the listener so is going. I think, <laughs> I think the quick answer for the listener because we're we're good, we're just going to keep pounding, making new, is, okay, what was Adam called in Luke 3 and verse 38? In Luke 3, 38, Mm -hmm. Adam was called the Son of God. Adam is the only man before the new birth. That's right. To dwell upon the earth that that was called the Son of God. Think, Adam and Eve were to replenish the earth with sons of God. That's what they were to do. And 
as Adam is compared multiple times in the Bible with Christ, you have the first Adam and the last Adam. That which the first Adam was to do was to replenish the earth with sons of God. It was Jesus who is replenishing the earth with sons of God. That to which them, was lost. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. That's right. That which the first Adam didn't, I, I can't say could not because he could have. Mm-hmm. That which the first Adam did not do, the second Adam, that's Romans mm-hmm. 5, did do, mm-hmm. was to replenish the earth with sons of God. That's right. So the earth now has sons of God. Yes. So that's the quick answer to that is what they were to replenish the earth with, with sons themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. With sons of God, because that's what Adam was called. Yep. And but that, be, well, I mean, that brings us very simple to oh, so what is the Great Commission then? <laughs> right? We are to declare the gospel, which a person having believed in Jesus Christ and his blood, they are born again, mm-hmm. right? Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should become the sons of God. Um, yeah, that the gospel is more than just changing someone's worldview or making someone a better person on this earth. It is transforming them from the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. So you're making, you're replenishing with sons of God. Sure. What Adam didn't do. Mm-hmm. That's what a, a son of God is supposed to be fruitful. That's right. Right. Because we're told to be fruitful. We're right. to be fruitful. That's right. right. Now, at a future podcast, the sons of God who sinned were still fruitful. Yes. <laughs> Their yes. fruitfulness did not go away. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so, but, but they were we, not replenishing with sons as, of God. Right. But we as present sons of God, we are to be fruitful. And we are to make other mm-hmm. sons of God, That's right. mm-hmm. and to fill and to replenish the earth with sons of God. So right. that is the true use of the word "replenish" mm-hmm. in Genesis. Yeah, and it doesn't harm our, you know, it doesn't harm our no. flannel graph understanding no. of what we grew up in Sunday school. Um, it's just taking the word of God for what it is, and not. Here's what I think. Here's what I, after 20 years of ministry, I just believe that there are certain things that people just don't want to believe. They just don't want to believe that there are ugly things. They just don't want to believe because, you know, I believe the giants, okay, I'll just say it. I believe the giants are the offspring of the sons of God and the daughters of men. Oh, I just, oh. I can't believe that. How could that possibly be? Can we expand upon it in our next podcast? How... <laughs> But that same person, puzzle, puzzle. <laughs> that same person has no problem believing that a man can live in a whale for three days and three nights. Has yeah. no of trouble course. believing yeah. that the Red Sea can be parted and men can walk across. They have no trouble because those are good things. Yeah, right. But to believe that there's real evil and evil things, I just have a hard job believing that. Well, if I just take the word of God for what it says, then you know. And just because, look, we live in the age where, thank goodness, God has shielded us from the ugliness that's upon the earth. But once the church, which is to restrain evil, is Mm. taken from the earth, Mm -hmm. the earth is once again going to see the things that they saw in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. The ugly. The ugly. The ugly. Mm -hmm. 
But just because it's shrouded, does it mean it's not there? Correct. We have the Holy Spirit who enlightens our eyes. Right. and uh, But it also, I believe, protects us from... I would venture that there's some missionaries that you could Ooh. speak to who who have a better working knowledge yes. of the of, ugliness of the ugliness mm-hmm. my father-in-law if he was here he's gone to india several times and he's mentioned he said he said you know you get off the plane and he said you can feel the evil mm. and there's things that he has witnessed that so, you and i could not explain we're so americanized in our right. understanding of scripture anyway yeah so he's witnessed these witch doctors there in in india and what they do to their bodies, mm-hmm. and okay, <laughs> yeah. whoa, this is not anything that I have yeah. ever witnessed or seen before. Yeah, and so it is there. But thank goodness, in our church age in which we live, we are shielded from that. But once we are removed, mm-hmm. the world will once again see all the things that it has seen. Mm-hmm. Yes, the shroud will be pulled away. Yes, mm-hmm. so. Well, do we need to end there? And I think we could. I think we could. I think it's... Uh, this or, might have to be a part one and part two, maybe. Yeah. I don't I know how so. we're doing on time. No, I, I think we can make this one shot. We'll make this one shot, and then we will pick up next time. All right. So this is going to be a one-parter. I think I think so. I yeah. think there's a lot here. If if someone needs to pause and go back, and, and to, to questions, if you have questions... What is our email address again? Backwoodstheology at gmail.com. I'm sorry. What was that again? Backwoodstheology at gmail.com. Very good. I'm glad I said it for you again. Thank you. I'm kind of weirded out by the fact you want me to say it again. No, it's in order to help the listener. Oh, well, okay. Well, the way you said it, I thought there was something else. What did I say wrong? you did a good job. I'm here looking at our pastor in training to see if he's absolutely terrified. (laughs) You know, uh, I think I'd rather be a mechanic. Before we stop, I am going to say this, and I know he's my son and I'm a little biased, but... I was watching him a couple of times where you guys were speaking, and he was nodding his head in agreement. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting because we went to some weird. Yes. And but he, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he was, I believe, um, you were talking about the rainbow around the throne, mm-hmm. and he was over there because he's been studying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landon will tell you he's been studying Revelation four and five and comparing with Isaiah six and Ezekiel one about the throne room of God. So yeah. I just think that was interesting. Yeah. I, I was, I'm proud of him. Yeah. So I can say that. He's my son. Very good. I'm not proud of your guys' sons, but I'm proud of mine. Wow. Hey, I'm you. kidding. I'm, I'm proud kidding. Of, <laughs> I'm proud of your son. We just had Landon over the house last night, and I told mm. him I still remember seeing him at six months old drinking sweet tea. Drinking a and... bottle of sweet tea. <laughs> yeah, we were those parents. Yes. <laughs> Why couldn't I have had parents like that? Uh, well, that's a good way to end. Thank you for joining us here at Backwoods Theology. We'll be coming at you once again. we got a pile of questions to get through, uh, so we'll do the very best we can. Hopefully this was a little bit of a help to you. We'll see you next time here on Backwoods Theology.